All right, in Black and Right Coalition, here is another installment of our series on All Politics is Local. I am honored to interview Mr. Ryan J. Peters, who is a local attorney who is running for Swanee County, Florida judge. For the sake of full disclosure and absolute fairness, uh, I do live in Swanee County, I am a voter, and I will be voting in this election, but I have not endorsed any candidates and won't do so. I will ask each candidate the same set of questions that I've asked all of them about judicial temperament, philosophy, various judicial issues, nothing specific because it is a nonpartisan race. So with that in mind, my friends, I... I'm happy to introduce Mr. Ryan J. Peters. It's a pleasure to be with you here, sir. Good afternoon. Thank you. Uh, just starting out, a little bit about you personally and your background and your experience in uh, the legal profession. Uh, my father was an attorney, Lee Peters, worked for Dennis Roberts um, as a public defender. Prior to that, he worked for Jerry Blair. I've been going to the courthouses in the Third Circuit probably since I was 10, 11, 12 years old, watching them in court, watching them in action. Um, went to Swanee High School, graduated in 93, joined the 269th Armory, uh, Florida Army National Guard, used my GI Bill, went to radiology school. I worked for approximately nine years as a radiology technologist, putting myself through undergraduate and law school, went to law school at Florida Southeastern University. I did a uh, internship with the Public Defender's Office my first summer. The next two summers I did internships with uh, Robert Sandow, very well-known family law attorney in the Third Circuit. Uh, upon graduating from law school, I came back home. I immediately hung my own shingle, borrowing $25,000 on a credit card, opened up business, and 15 years later I'm still uh, running managing, owning my own private law firm, the law office of Ryan J. Peters. Uh, unfortunately, during this campaign process, I've had to continue to work full-time. I have responsibilities financially, not only to Florida Power and Light and other various uh, city of Live Oak, but I also have a staff that I have to still maintain their payroll. So even though I would have loved to have been out there, you know, 16 hours a day door knocking and visiting people, I had a financial obligation to my staff and to my clients and to judges and other attorneys that are handling cases against me. And so uh, I had to suck it up and campaign full-time, work full-time, and still be a full-time father. Mm, that, that's quite and, a load to be sure. That's correct. <laughs> well, would you consider yourself a politician seeing that this is an elected position? I, I don't see myself as a politician. I see myself as a, an attorney that has 15 years worth of real life experience in representing both plaintiffs and defendants on both sides of the cases. I've handled everything from a simple traffic ticket to a murder trial here out of my own office without having to second chair anybody else, without having to ride anybody else's coattails. Um, whenever I take on a case, I evaluate the case and I make sure it's a case that I'm willing to devote 150% of my time, my energy, and my heart into it before I accept that case. Um, so I am not a politician, I'm a judicial candidate, 
And what I want to bring to the bench is the common sense approach based on what my life experiences are, what I've learned over the years through the Army, Florida Army National Guard from as a child working in tobacco fields, hay fields, picking vegetables for Elliot Scott, working in chicken houses, working at discount auto parts, working for Skinner's Paint and Body, uh, running a wrecker and a rollback for him. I think there's a lot of common sense that I bring to the bench, and I think that's what we want nowadays on the bench is common sense. Well, and that's terrific that you have such an extensive background in the private sector. Uh, but could you just explain briefly what your per personal judicial philosophy uh, is? As far as what? Well, just overall. I mean, how do you, uh, how would you basically take any life principles that you've learned, uh, any uh, work life experience, and apply it to uh, to how you would judge a case? I, I think that's one of the key things, and some of the best judges that I've sat before are judges that apply life principles, real life situations, their own personal situations in making a decision, making a deciding a case, hearing facts of the case, applying different scenarios. Um, a lot of stuff that the county court judge deals with is domestic violence injunctions it's done every two weeks. Usually when an injunction is issued, it's issued uh, ex parte, which means the other side doesn't have knowledge that it's being issued, so they have to be in court within a certain timeline. Um, in family law, where it's the, one of the primary areas that I practice, um, it seems like whenever there's a divorce case filed or a child custody case filed, and it's a heated, contentious, or gonna be contentious child custody issue, you better get ready because there's going to be an injunction that comes along with it because that gives the other parent the upper hand, especially if it's granted on a temporary basis, for them to have 100% time sharing with the child, to have 100% access to the home, have 100% access to the vehicles. The other parent can't come around at all. And so my experience in, in dealing with family law cases and in dealing with domestic violence injunction cases, it helps you evaluate truly what's going on in that situation. Is a person filing this injunction solely to get the upper hand in a, in a custody battle or a divorce case or something like that? So that's, that's just one of the little elements that I'll be able to apply based upon my experience. Yeah, uh, how might you balance your position as an elected judge but still maintaining the independence of being a jurist? I mean, you have to you have to separate yourself you, from from being a judge to an independent jurist. You have to apply the law. You have to apply the constitution, and I will apply the constitution even though I'm a a, a judge. Mm -hmm. And how would you handle any potential conflicts of interest uh, while serving on the bench? I mean, obviously, if there's a client or or, or a person coming before the bench that. I previously represented that I personally know that would cause a conflict, um, I would immediately file a, a, a recusal and recuse myself from that case so there would not be any type of impropriety or conflict. Um, 
How would you ensure that people of all backgrounds would receive equal justice under the law? That, that's not even going to be an issue for me. <laughs> um, everybody will, will receive fair justice before me. It doesn't matter on their race, gender, age. Oh yeah, I understand. Um, what changes do you believe that the judicial system needs to make, and if so, what might they be? I don't really see any changes that need to be made as long as we're following the law and following the Constitution. I know based since COVID, some of the new trend is everything being done via Zoom. Um, Zoom is good for a lot of civil cases because it makes them a lot more time of, of efficient, more you can get your case through the court system a little bit quicker. It's going to be a little bit more cost effective as well um, for witnesses, especially expert witness, that you needed to come and testify on a certain issue or something like that. Um, I've had this issue come up in the past year. I do a lot of landlord-tenant law, which is an area that is on the county court judge's caseload docket, um, where there's so many websites now that are selling houses via web.com or realtor.com and the people are housed out of California who sell it. And so as long as we can get audio and video and a notary present, we can allow that witness to testify all the way from California instead of having a, somebody to expend the cost of flying them all the way here, housing them, renting them a car from Jacksonville to Live Oak to testify in a hearing we can utilize the Zoom technology so we can have their testimony immediately. And we've used that multiple times in recent landlord-tenant dispute cases. Uh, not landlord, yeah, landlord-tenant uh, um, cases in the past. Uh, final question, sir. Uh, what do you believe uh, gives you an advantage over uh, your opponents or the other candidates? I think it's truly just my, my life experience in, in, in 15 years of private practice. And that's something I can truly say my opponents don't have and cannot have because they haven't been in private practice for, for the past 15 years. And I will not and I will never talk bad about anybody's qualifications. Um, but real life experience is ultimately the best qualification you could ever get. Um, there's an old saying um, that on the job training is better than any type of degree that you can ever have. Um, and I feel like I've had 15 years of on the job training before other attorneys, before a array of different judges, um, before my clients, and, and nothing can ever trump that. Um, and I just think that's unparalleled right there. Thank you so much. That's terrific. Thank you very much, Mr. Peters. I greatly appreciate your time, sir. Thank you for speaking with me. You're welcome.